all of time and space are at your call, so think it over. Choose wisely. I want to make it with Mary Ellen Cosgrove. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our discussion about Shelter Skelter uh, last week. Uh, it, you know, a de- decent enough episode. Uh, and welcome uh, to now to uh, this this episode. We'll get into that in a second. Um, I was I, I was going to make a joke about Shelter Skelter, but it's like you know, um, parts of that are a little too still too real. So I'm good. You know. Anyway, so <laughs> Fat Tony stuck in a bunker full of guns. That's the takeaway from that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think we made a uh, good enough uh, array of jokes that day. That's like, yeah, I just want to move yeah, on. All that, that garbage stuck in there too. So yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> welcome to Strange Highways. This is the anthology-based podcast. Uh, we where we mainly cover the things related to the Twilight Zone. Uh, we cover the original series, and we are now barreling towards the end of the second season of the '80s iteration of the show. Um, so. This is this will be the twelfth episode. We have was it this is the final four for the season, Terry. We're we're right there at the end. We got four to go, including this one. Um considering how long it took us to get to the first season, it feels like this is not even like this is the sprint versus that marathon. And that's actually I mean, I'm not I'm not sad about that. Yeah, I can almost see the light at the end of this tunnel, man. Yeah, with, with that being said, though, um, so I, th- I know I think I've said this while recording that um, I started working ahead and I ended up, um, normally we, we watch these episodes, you know, each of us come in not really knowing what's going on, but um, I ended up, uh, just, like you said, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm like, well, I'm going to go ahead and start working on this stuff and just kind of get out in front of it. So I've seen these four episodes and I, um, I've been kind of like doom and glooming it to Terry. So I'm... I'm going to kind of unofficially name these four episodes block the gauntlet. This is for you, Terry. You think, um, yeah, we're in for it. I just got to tell you. Uh, uh, so this like, I just, it's almost as if the, um, this series was like, just being like, oh yeah, CBS, you're going to cancel us. Well, we quit. Like <laughs> That's what it feels like here. Who boy. Um, so I think in, in light of that, I were, like when we get to the end, I, I have a, I have a different uh, idea how we're going to rate the episode. Uh, but yeah, Terry tuck in, this is going to be, um, James Cameron described aliens as 40 miles of bad road. I don't think he saw these four episodes. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, he also had his other degrees of, uh, problems with his productions <laughs> and that, yeah. but yeah, I, I, you know, as much as, um, you know, the good and bad comes along with all these kinds of podcasts and, you know, the journeys that we take, 
I, I'm still ready for it, man. I, sight unseen, I'm still, I am still ready. So okay. let's do this. Yeah, everybody, mark, mark that. We'll find out how he feels in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> like, uh, mark his words. Yeah. And at the end, it's just going to be. I'm just. I'll be talking I'm to just Terry. Be like, kill me. Just kill me, man. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like the like um like the Brundle fly and the fly too, where it's just like just like please end it, you know, whatever. No, I just I can imagine like two weeks from now, I'll I'll be talking and just trying to make some conversation, and you'll be like, yeah, are we done now. And then somehow you'll be smoking a cigarette directly into the microphone. I don't understand. You'll just be so out of it and done. And I apologize because that's what's going to happen. So anyway, I, I like front loading and telling people listening that it's going to be a bad time. So welcome to the show, everybody. We appreciate you here. And stay stay with us. Just please stay yeah. with us. <laughs> I normally say like, well, because like we mentioned, all, yeah, all things Twilight Zone. So yeah, good and bad. And this. So everything's worthy of getting into at least experiencing once but it almost feels like you know like you always are like but come on twilight zone we know you can do better and they're like Meh. And so right let's just get into this uh this is uh episode 12 time and Teresa golowitz air date was july 10th 1987 um this was aired in the same hour block as the next episode voices of the earth uh, uh so this will be the the um, in terms of broadcast uh, there's only two more nights of broadcast for the Twilight Zone. It's this block, and then the next two episodes after that would be the final block for the season, and I'll, and and also it being on CBS. Uh, we'll talk more about that when we get there at the end of the season. Um, number one film, Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. Considered uh-huh. kind of the, the Empire Strikes Back of the Nerds films, right? So, um, I don't know. I, it, uh, like, the intro is basically like that, so, I mean... Right? Or is that the first film? I can't remember. I, I just, because uh, it did like the top scroll thing or whatever. Oh, well, maybe it was it. the second one then. Yeah. Uh, uh, the number one song was "I Want to Dance with Somebody." Uh, Whitney Houston. We the people, you know, you can't like. It's hard to forget how popular she was. Like the skyrocketing at the time here. Um, and so, in terms of day and date information, I couldn't. There's a lot of Iran Contra stuff starting up, but to even dig into that to try to make heads and tails of it would be an entirely different podcast. So that stuff is fascinating, and more people should have went to jail over it. And nobody, not a lot of people. Well, I think one guy did. Anyway, um, so here's here's my day and date information for you, Terry. Uh, as of this airing, uh, what uh, July 10th, 1987, it was one of the worst hours of television ever aired for broadcast. That's my uh, history. Um, fact for you. It's this in Voices of the Earth. So there you go. That's my day and date. That, that's that, my, that seems really close to home. That's my <laughs> trivia. That's my trivia. I don't know where I sourced it from except for me. Um, you know, yeah, there's you know. not really a whole lot of interesting things going on around this date and time. So yeah, we could just move forward. Yeah, the only other thing I saw was that um, Kylie Minogue actually released her first single on the 13th. Uh, it was Locomotion, which was that cover of Locomotion. Uh, but you know Kylie Minogue, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, people call her like the Australian Madonna, and she would be like, "No, um, you know, uh, Madonna's the uh, American Kylie Minogue," which I think is funny. Uh, but she's had a long, a lot of longevity, and I, I, there's a lot of her music I like a great deal. But this was her first like launch into stardom. So there you go. Something positive would come out a couple of days after this this was released. Yeah. Something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So well, I guess we'll get into our our episode. Uh, in the facts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, here we got, um, our director is, uh, Shelly Livingston. Livingston. Uh, she, uh, we did one more episode or we did another, uh, segment that she had, uh, directed and that was, a uh, but can she type? So yeah, that, that was an episode. 
But yeah, and, uh, <laughs> but that this is her last directorial for the Twilight Zone. So, uh, uh, Boy and Voyage. Uh, so we go into our writers. We have two writing credits on this. So the story is credited to, uh, I guess it would be Park Parky. I think Park-y? it's Park. Yeah, Park Godwin. Park, Park Godwin. Um, this is pretty much the only intro into uh, television or movies. Uh, but he is uh, credited for a lot of writing. Um, so I don't know if you had any notes. Yeah, I have some stuff here. Stuff. Yeah, because I wanted to at least, because I, I was looking, I was like, oh, wow, this guy's actually somewhat of an accomplished uh, author. He won the World Fantasy Award for Best Novella in 82 for his story, The Fire <clears throat> the fire When It Comes. Uh, Godwin is known for his novels, a legendary figure, legendary figures placed in realistic historical settings, written in a lyrical yet precise prose style and sardonic humor. Uh, I'm going to guess that um, that, that kind of caught George R.R. R. Martin's eye um, whenever, because he was the story editor on this season. Someone to guess that like maybe he knew about like this guy, you know. So, um, and I'll say that knowing that Alan Brenner uh, uh, actually did a commentary track for this episode, so I had to watch this thing three times, Terry. Uh, and I could tell you that I started my brain was not with that commentary track, so he could have probably been like, "Jesus came down from the mountain and gave this to me." I'd be like, "Cool, whatever," and I wasn't even paying attention. So, um, yeah. Anyway, it looks like Park Goodwin probably deserved better than this. Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I mean, there's quite a bit of uh, you know, writings out there, but I also did find out that this story was written for the Twilight Zone magazine. Yeah, so that was another thing I found out about that. But yeah, so yeah, and unfortunately, uh, he uh, he had passed away back in 2013. So yeah, but lengthy career. But yeah, so we'll get into our telly. Uh, telly play uh, was adapted by Alan Bernard. Um, that. I mean, we've talked about him at length. We'll mm. probably be keep keeping on, you know, keeping him in, in uh, you know, in our future as as far to, as far as these discussions go as well. Yeah. So I guess we'll get into the cast here. Um, so the cast is led off by Gene Barry. Uh, he plays Prince. Um, he was in. He did a, a episode of Playhouse ninety. So there's a Twilight Zone connection there. He was also in the original War of the Worlds, and then he played a character in the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds as well. So pretty cool. Yeah. So his big thing was like um, uh, he had a series called Burke's Law where he played a millionaire homicide investigator who was chauffeured in his Rolls Royce as he solved crimes. It sounds like Batman without the cape. Um, this series was broadcast on ABC from September 20th, 63 to May 65, uh, first performance in it. Barry won the golden globe award for best actor in 65. So like he was kind of in that, um, that kind of cool, uh, like, uh, I, I guess you'd say like, um, like Kirkland, like Cary Grant, you know, kind of that kind of like smooth, smooth operator character. And that's kind of how he was kind of not, I mean, I guess typecast, but you know, you know, if it, if if it, if it works and you want awards, go for it. Yeah, very much so. But uh, yeah, so yeah, Prince. Uh, we'll just leave it as Prince for now too. So we'll get into the reason why he's called Prince. But uh, yeah, next here we have uh, Grant Hezlov. Hezlov. Yeah. Hezlov. Mm-hmm. Um. So Blinky. <laughs> Bal- Binky. It's Bl- Binky. Blaustein. Yeah, Binky Blaustein. The Binky, dumbest oh, okay, goddamn name ever. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I don't know if it, uh, my freaking computer changed it, but yeah. So Binky Blaustein. So he was in the thing I recognized him uh, from was uh, true lies. So that was the, the credit I immediately recognized him because he's a pretty familiar face to him. 
Uh, but he was also in Congo, and he was in Black Sheep. <laughs> so the big thing with him is that uh, Heslov and Clooney started Smokehouse Pictures and began writing screenplays for uh, productions. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay with Clooney as a producer for uh, Good Night and Good Luck. Um, he also appears in that film. And what else did they end up? Uh, he uh, directed the screen adaptation of The Men Who Stare at Goats. That's a George Clooney vehicle, which is it's funny. Like, it's not perfect, but it's funny. Uh, and let's see here. And he co-produced The American with Clooney. He also worked on 2011's The Ides of March in June 2012. He was invited to join the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. So, like, he, he Clooney, and Affleck won the Academy Award for Best Picture in Argo. So, they, um, dude is, you know, had some success on, like, you know, behind the camera, too. Yeah, very much so. So, uh, yeah, next here we'll go into uh, uh, Christy... Uh, lines, I guess I would be pronounced. Um, yeah, lens or lines. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, next, well, she was uh, she was Teresa um, Terry uh, Gol- Golowitz. Golowitz. Yeah, Golowitz. Gol- There's all Gol- these fun names in this one, isn't there? Yeah, yes. especially for a guy like me who can't pronounce any name. And that's why like, I yeah I'm just like I, I trust Terry with all the words. That's what, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, appreciate it. That's what I'm glad that I'm the one that's been tasked for this for the majority of our, our podcast career here. So that, <laughs> I'm sure everybody else gets a kick out of it. If there is a drinking game for this show, you know, it's how bad every time I, I pronounce a last name or something. But yeah, so yeah, you're going to be drunk by the end of this. Um, so yeah, six credits in all. Uh, I wasn't really familiar with the other five, but yeah. Yeah. She looked familiar, but I, I couldn't place her in anything else. But yeah, next we have Paul Sand. He plays Bluestone. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I was confused by that. Well, okay. So he is the older version of um, Blaustein. Right. And, and so he was in New York being a performer, being like a known composer. So what you would do at the time is you would change your name to make it less ethnic. Um, ah. So he was Blaustein, but he changed it to Bluestone. It's not said directly, but that's my take on it. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, Richie Valens changed his name because they thought it was too ethnic as well. You know, yeah, so I, so, I get it. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, he participated in movies like Teen Wolf 2, <laughs> the classic that is. And, um, also Oscar, Oscar nominated. I don't know that that's probably not true. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Right. But, uh, also in a lot of shows like, um, Quantum Leap and Who's the Boss. Yeah. So what I have from him, it seems like his, his big, um, like 15 minutes aside from team wolf too, he was a member of the second city, uh, Chicago second city. And then, um, one of his cast members and, um, one of the plays he was in was Valerie Harper who in 1970 had signed to play Rhoda in the CBS, uh, comedy, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Cause Rhoda and Pat getting her own spinoff too. I remember that during that show's first season, Sam was cast as, um, a love interest that fall in love with, um, uh, Moore's character in the 11th episode. At the time, MTM Enterprises that produced that show actually did another show that they, they created one for him. Well, I, just, I don't know if they created it for him, but they cast him. It's called Friends and Lovers, um, in which he uh, was a double bass player for the Boston Symphony Orchestra, who falls in love easily but has little success with women. It premiered in the fall of 74. Despite some um, reviews and decent ratings, it was considered a disappointment and canceled in January. Um, and then, so, like, meaning he had, like, a little bit of a spark 
with the Mary Tyler Moore show. And then he actually was the lead in a show that got canceled. So yeah, he went on to do other stuff, but that was like his big, like if he was going to become a bigger thing, it would have been there. Not yeah, I, I can't imagine Teen Wolf two being really his uh, jumping point for his career. But yeah, I just yeah. I want him to be like that. Jason Bateman just he held me down, you know. Anyway, so um. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, next here we have uh, Gina uh, Gerson. Uh, Gina Gerson is uh, she's Laura in this. Weird, um, weird that you were able to say her name without a problem, Terry. Why, well, why, why, is, why is that? There's a reason. There is definitely a reason for that. <laughs> Uh, I, so I, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with, uh, some of her career, but yeah, she was Laura in this. Um, I knew I recognized her, but I just couldn't place her at first until I finally looked up the IMDB. She was in bound with, uh, you know, my future wife, uh, Jennifer Tilly. And, uh, you know, so of course that movie's great in its own right. And then she was in showgirls, which, (laughs) you know, being a teenager and seeing that movie, that's the wonderful thing too. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you went but, there uh, you went to go watch and be like you know what what is jesse up to after saved by the bell you know oh, yeah like, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah right ruining her career in other ways um there's gonna be um, there's but, gonna be a, another saved by the bell connection next episode by the way and it's gonna be not one you think until you watch the episode but anyway, yeah that well yeah. that's what our second now because we had a. Uh, uh, Zach. Oh uh, yeah, we did the our... season. We had him with the the Fred Savage episode. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, she was all. She's still acting too. Uh, she was just recently in the uh, the horror film Thanksgiving. Yeah, which I, I still would like to see that. Uh, but so the big thing with her, her brick came with a bit part in Pretty in Pink in '86, uh, which led to substantial roles in Sweet Revenge with Nancy Allen, Cocktail with Tom Cruise, and Elizabeth Shue. Um, also, this this episode. She, like, I'm not saying this is like part. I'm saying that she was getting more and more work. That's what I'm saying. And then in, in 91, she appeared in uh, Out for Justice opposite Steven Seagal, where she played uh, the sister of the film's villain. And then also uh, she is in uh, Face Off. Uh, not for very long, but she's like, I love Face Off. So I think it's worthy of mentioning. And um, what was it? Um, and we obviously yeah. don't get to discuss it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, we, we love Gina Gershon. Um, just there, just there, there was just a moment in, in life where you're just like, it just, uh, she is just unbelievably gorgeous, but I'll just I'll say this. Um, she's super young here. Uh, so that's weird uh, in terms of like me, like, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like, and then I will say that, um, the commentary from Alan Brennert, um, whenever he was talking about the episode and th- that, that, um, that commentary was recorded like mid, like mid early two thousands. I think he was talking about her and he got really weird about it. Um, hmm. and cause he was like, as uh, what was it? Uh, 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 was it, um, Rockney O'Bannon was like doing some of like the daily, like looking at some of the dailies coming in. He was like, who is that? And like all the guys, it was basically the way he talked about it. You would almost expect to see, you just turn around and see a bunch of like, uh, wolves dressed up and like zoot suits at a card table, pounding the table and their tongues going in and out and the eyeballs popping. That's the way I like the way they're talking about it. You'd almost expect like a Tex Avery reaction to her. And I'm like, how old is she here? You know, it was weird. 
Yeah. Well, as I know. say, she's gorgeous and she is gorgeous, but like, I, you know, it's like, I don't know, like you go back and record commentary. It's like, yeah, all of us thought she was smoking hot. And like, yeah, she's playing like, like was the junior at a high school party. Just cool your jets though. To be fair, this episode also goes some places with uh, comments about like teens that I do not agree with. Um, anyway, continue, please. <laughs> yeah. So next year, uh, <laughs> here we go. Another name. Um, are you <laughs> both it's Bo. Bo? yeah Bo. that's okay it's french right so i don't know it's just, i just know it's Bo. it's b-a-u yeah but but yeah next uh it like Bo uh dreman dreman yeah. dreman, dreman. Yeah. yeah so please bob i could pronounce that <laughs> uh, <laughs> so and i i'm glad that this came up because this was definitely something that um i was hearkening back to when i was watching this episode have you ever seen the heavenly kid? Uh, no, but that doesn't have like, um, not Ricky Schroeder. It has, um, Oh, it, it's one of the, is it, is it the kid from a uh, Christmas story? And then I, I don't, don't believe so, but I, I'm, I'm going to look it up, it up. Right yeah. but nonetheless. Um, so, so, uh, Bo was in the heavenly kid and that was something that just kind of like, and we'll get into that, but I, I, it felt, I built very strong connections to that film. And, and then, um, <laughs> Which I would, I'd love to find this. He was also in Frankenstein, the college years. <laughs> um, yeah, no, both those people I named are not in that movie, but Jane, Jane Kaczmarek is and Richard Mulligan. All right. All right. Cool. I just, I guess I got, I was getting that confused with the dirt bike kid. I don't know why. Cause I guess the name kid, but that, that whatever, not that that movie probably has any of those people in it either. Um, but continue, please. <laughs> so, uh, Heather Hess, is next here um pace oh I guess. peter billingsley wasn't the dirt bike kid so i was half right okay never mind continue uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just grasping at it man. Like, no no no, to, no it I wasn't grasping but i was like there's a kid movie with that kid from that christmas movie at it anyway send out my research team to find out yeah um, just <laughs> but yeah heather hayes or hasts um Pause. Is, yeah or not yeah it's the she's our next uh actress here mary ellen uh cosgrove she plays um, she was in an episode of Twilight Zone that we've covered. Uh, she was in The Shadow Man, which we both came away liking. Yeah, we we liked it. Yeah, um, yeah, that was the Joe Dante episode. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, next is uh, Wallace uh, Langman Langham mm-hmm. uh, Nelson Baxley. He plays in this, and he was in Weird Science. He was in uh, <laughs> he was in the, the a long run of the Larry Sanders show, but. Something that was going to come up here in a second again. He was in Soul Man. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm just like, is that going to be like our uh, Hawaiian eye when we can find a connection to, to Soul, Soul Man? Man. Um, <laughs> well, if if it is, let's let's not do that. How about that? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. The, the less we know, the less. Because no, no, everybody's like, man, they're really looking forward to all those Soul Man connections, and it's like, it's like, how many times do they watch that movie? And it's like every week. No, uh, so. <laughs> Um, so yeah, with him, like he was also in one episode of the 2002, um, twilight zone that we're going to have to try to track down the one that's really hard to find the one that was hosted by, um, Oh, uh, Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Uh, so he got his start, uh, at weird science, which you mentioned 67 episodes of Veronica's closet. And then you mentioned Larry Sanders show. And yeah. That's what I got for him. So, yeah. And then next is JD Roth, uh, boy at party. Uh, he was in an episode of Tales from the Dark Side and uh, did some voice work for some cartoons, like some of the Johnny Quest stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, a lot of executive we, producer work. Like so, yeah, a lot more behind the camera stuff. Yeah, and then next and last uh, cast member here is a uh, Laurel, Laurel uh, Green. She was girl at party. Um, she was in an episode of Amazing Stories, and she was also in Soul Man as well. <laughs> Man, I, I, but one, Jesus Christ, and two, uh, uh, it's just I think it's funny because I could tell when I when I there's certain points where I'm taking like I'm doing like cast and crew notes that you if you look at my notes you could tell when I really start getting annoyed and don't dig that deep. Um, I did not <laughs> like with her. I just wrote twenty one credits, so clearly I didn't do. So my apologies, Laurel Green. I did not um, shine a light on your work in. Um, you know, humanity's greatest uh, uh, masterwork, Soul Man. Um, oh, so I thought you were going to say humanity's greatest blunder. Oh <laughs> like, uh, uh, no! Outside of, of some other things like the Hindenburg. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, like you got like you know the Holocaust is up there, right? Like that's up there. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Soul Man. Like you know, like that that's going to be really, really on the list of things that's considered you know humanity's greatest blunder. Um, <laughs> but it's on the list, though. It, you know what I mean? Like the list is always building. It's in there somewhere. Oh, it's yeah. still, oh yeah. The yeah. list will continue to yeah. build. I mean, I, but I listened to behind the bastards. It's going to continue. So. <laughs> Wait till you get to his two part that he does about the film of soul man. No, I'm kidding. So, uh, <laughs> it's, uh yeah, yeah, it's, it's gotta have a two parter. It has to have a two parter. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's cast and crew for, uh, time and Teresa Golowitz, Terry. Um, yeah. Welcome to the gauntlet. I'm just going to use one of these. <laughs> All right, so as I we were talking during private channel, which we can agree was um, not not a good episode at all. And then so we go from that to Shelter Skelter, which was pretty good, to then these next four. And I know I kept talking to you about the potential of pulling from rip cords, just knowing that we have some shit to get into, like the next couple of weeks. That's going to be. <sighs> Yeah, it's going to be, yeah. Uh, so how do you want to do this? Because I, the, this story is just, it's, it's, it, it annoys the piss out of me. I would say that this one really doesn't need like the in-depth um, yeah. retrospective that we've done for some of the episodes. But I do still think that there's a story here that's worth, you know, some of a dig. Fair enough. Um, okay, we'll do that. So, and, and the way yeah. that you're you're phrasing it, I'm really fearful of the the next few. That if, there are, <laughs> if my ripcord's still sitting there, I want to have it at the ready. <laughs> oh, you have no idea what delights you're about to behold. Uh, you know, um, you know. Yeah, thanks, Pinhead. P- pain is pleasure, right? And if that's the case, you're going to enjoy the next three so much. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So we get Bluestone. He's uh, playing a piano in New York, like just basically like beautifully playing it, and then uh, we get interrupted by a stranger that. Um, who's well dressed, and he's like, Oh, you know, that basically pours the loudest effing drink, yes, ever. yeah, right. Um, all in a china shop, yeah, <laughs> he's just like, I'm gonna pour more noise into this glass full of ice and see what happens here. Uh, so, so basically, you find out that um, Bluestone has actually had a heart attack and died. And that this person here that is called the Prince, you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't see what you did there. Um, you know, this isn't our first rodeo at the Twilight Zone. Like, we get it, right? Um, you could have been Julie Newmar, right? Anyway, so uh, anyway, um, it, it, so we find out that Bluestone's dead, and that the Prince is there to be like, hey, you know, uh, basically, here's the deal. Um, while you know things are kind of getting worked out with, like, he refers to he heaven as what was it? Um, um, upper decks or whatever it knows above deck. Um, or yeah, I forget how I actually had it here written here. Um, 
whatever. Wait, how how yeah, do I well, say like this? Well, like hell is below decks. Topside. Heaven's top called topside, yeah. and then uh, hell's called below decks. He's like, I'm going to, you know, he's like, listen, here's the deal. Uh, we're a big fan of your music, uh, below decks. And we're hoping that we can entice you to come down sometimes to play for us. Uh, so in the meantime, when we're getting like your final judgment figured out, I want to give you an offer. And that's when we find out like, you know, like whenever Bluestone's like, you mean Prince of Darkness? And we get this really shitty halo effect around, um, the head of the Prince. I don't know. It annoys me. I, all these, all these like special effects and this, this iteration of the Twilight Zone annoy me. I get it's also kind of of its time, whatever. Anyway. Um, so then the Prince is like, I want to give you, here's the deal. You can go wherever you want and time and space, the future, the like completely in the past, like wherever you want to go, go do what you want. No strings attached. And Bluestone being, you know, this older let's, gentleman. Let's, let's, let's dive into that a little bit here before you like yeah, really break this down. Man, think about all of the events that you could go. And, like he's not even giving them the limitations of in your lifetime. It's like you could go anywhere. You could do anything. You could witness probably even the birth of Christ if that was important to you. It's like it's like the Doc Brown, you know, thing. It's like here's how the time machine works. You can do anything you want with it. What is the what is what is uh, Bluestone want? What is his deepest desire? Is to have sex with a minor from high school. Oh shit! Oh well, that's uh, well, it's not really what I would chosen, but um, <laughs> sure. No, dude's dude had a boner since like. 40 years ago. Like, <laughs> and so, okay. So let, let's rewind that back just a smidge. Uh, the prince is like, tell, he says, like, yeah, he's, I want to make it with uh, whatever Cosgrove. And, and the, the prince is like, well, you know, he, he basically says, Oh, this is where she's at now in her life, you know, and unhappy and whatever. He's like, no, 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 not now. Then. So it's like, even the, even the, the prince of darkness, the devil, you know, the epitome of evil, was like, oh, I can, yeah, okay, fine. You, you didn't get your chance in high school. I can find her now. And then the devil's like, wait, what? You want to do what? Like, when you catch the devil off guard, that's an issue, you know? Like, um, so anyway, so yeah, he wants he's to like, go. That's like, he's almost like marking it off. Like, haha. He's like, you really are a sinister son of a bitch. You yeah. yeah <laughs> you like, maybe should be below decks. Yeah. He's like, you know, game recognizes game, young man. Uh, no, sorry, <laughs> old man. So then, yeah, basically he's like, that was the one thing I wanted more than all, anything. So, so that's what it is. He wants to go back to that one party that was in high school for them, which, um, was 1948. He wants to go back and make it with this girl. But then, so the, uh, the, um, he, when he goes back in time, he is the physical age that he was then, but he still has everything in his, he's still him, right? So he's now, he's now Binky Blaustein, which I don't know if, if, uh, you know, how do you, how do you live in a world with the nickname Binky? Maybe, you know, maybe that's why you get out of there and just name yourself Bluestone, you know, Binky Bluestone. Uh, so, um, so he goes to this party and, uh, as you know, the back in 48, and it just, I, um, I, I wrote to, to Terry, appreciate this. I was like, I was like, we are now back in time. I wish the car from joy ride would just tear through it and run him over. So I was just, I would like, <laughs> I mean, that's not too far from the timeline. That's what I'm saying. Like the car would just run him over. And then like this entire like whirlwind of like trash would just fly behind them, you know, like, from that town. Maybe this is the same town. And that's like, you know, yeah. 
Anyway, that would have been, if that would have been the way the segment ended and that was it, I, I would have been like, all right, guys, I've seen the greatest moment of television ever. But no, uh, that did not happen. I'm glad yeah. that they made him the age that he was back then because if he, if he would have walked walked into that party looking like he did before, <laughs> like, how does this work? What, like, what if they pulled the quantum leap thing where when he looked in the mirror and he saw himself as the young guy? I, I was like, I was wondering of two things. It's like, it's either going to be that or it's going to be him as the a- actual age. And it's like, they went for the third option that I didn't expect. And I was like, Oh God, thank you. <laughs> I just, that would have been way better if they would have put him in a wig and like, try to make him look like, like that Steve Buscemi meme of him carrying the, the skateboard over your shoulder. Like, Hey kid, like, Hey fellow youngsters or whatever. Right. Like it would have been amazing. Oh yeah. You know, they've been like, well, that would make it problematic. Sure. But some of the stuff that goes on in this episode is still problematic. So he goes in, uh, talks to was well, well, his one friend. I think his friend's Bob, right? And um, and as Bob's like trying to talk to him, he's like, "Oh, by the way, Bob." He's like, "I'm going to tell you your entire future," you know. And it's like that's a dick move. Um, anyway, so uh, and then we, th- this is like, I got to tell you, you know, as much as the world has all the problems that it has and everything we're dealing with, um, I don't know. It's, I mean, you and I grew up in a time without smartphones and without the internet being a big, big thing. So we can still be like back in my day. I just, I don't know what I would do in the forties for like recreation because this party looks like the, the worst party ever. Right. It just looks like, well, the one dude has bourbon, so I sure can't be too terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fair enough. Right. Um, so anyway, so, uh, we get these like little snippets of conversations or whatever. And then, um, what was it? And then we find out that, uh, Laura approaches him who is Gina Gershon and she's talking to him and being very direct. And then he's like, what's going on? And then she gets that same halo effect. So Laura is now being in bot, like the, her, the Prince of Darkness's essence is in her. And so she gets to say some pretty, um, not just it credit to her. She plays it very straight. Right. Um, but she's saying some kind of messed up things to, to our friend Binky here, you know, about like, Hey, you ready to go over and, you know, finish the deal or whatever. It, it's, it's a little awkward. Yeah. To say the least. I mean, but it, I, it is kind of interesting how he's, he's saying that like, um, or at least Binky is saying that, isn't it kind of weird that you're here right now? Like participating in this. He's like, no, it's more like of a split screen kind of thing. And I'm like, that's a pretty interesting way of phrasing it. And then like the whole idea that he has this, I don't, I guess like a, like a journeyman, like somebody who's taking you along and showing you like, all right, this is what you're going to do. There she is right now. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Th- I'm saying this is like really shitty quantum leap. You got Al there, right. That's kind of guiding, you know, um, <laughs> you know, Sam, Sam, uh, Sam Beckett on his way. Uh, to pound town. Uh, but, uh, so, um, so I just, uh, the phrasing of guiding him up like that. Ah. Yeah. Sorry. That's, that was not in purpose. That's ugh, you're right. Uh, no pun intended. points off for me there. So no, but like the other thing too, you get, um, you get, you know, Blaustein talking to Laura and she's like, he's like, yeah, it's like, well, what about like Cosgrove? And he's like, yeah, it's like, she's not quite what I remember. But the, so the one, the one conceit there is that your memory of something, um, is always going to be imperfect. Like the way you, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, good, bad, otherwise it might've been the greatest day of your life. And so everything's going to be always remembered as shiny, happy, or it was the worst day of your life. Or some details are going to like, you're going to think that, you know, with a hundred percent certainty, that's how it happened. 
And that's isn't not that movie, uh, yeah. isn't that movie Big Fish about that? Like, <laughs> kind of. I mean, it was about the one person always kind of like you know always telling the, the bigger tale, right? Which I yeah, I love Big Fish. Um, but yeah, the, when you get to the end, when you realize that there are is actual truth to those stories, but he was being very exaggerated. But it's more like um, I don't know, like. Uh, it's the Al Bundy four touchdowns in one game. You know, like it's the whole thing of like, nothing's ever going to be better than that. And you can't tell me otherwise this girl that got away from him is like, she like, because he never, you know, got a chance to make it with her. She was like this, you know, unattainable goddess, the way, the way it was kind of painted. Right. And and then him seeing her now, sorry, then in 48, when he's supposed to be a high school kid as well. And he's like, like, he's like, Oh, he's like, I don't know. Like, she doesn't look the way I remember and then, then Laura's like, well, you got to go, you know, go do that. And he's like, I'd feel like a child molester. And I wrote all in caps. Yes, you should feel that way. Was what I wrote. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, that, that because I, I mean, the memories are one thing, but this is an actual physical action that you're supposed to be doing at this point. It's like, you're still the mind of a, you know, like how old is he? Would you say he's like 65 or so at this point in his life? And he's in the body of his like seventeen year old, eighteen year old self, or whatever it is. It's like that's very strange to like try to you know work that one out in your mind. Be like, yeah, but I could. No, don't, don't you do it. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, but so in the meantime, while he's talking to Laura, uh, Teresa shows up, and then uh, he's like, oh yeah, I didn't, you know, didn't really ever notice her. And it's like there's this whole thing. I don't, I didn't write it down d- d- directly, but he said that. Um, Oh, uh, was it Mary Ellen? Uh, like whenever she'd have parties, she'd always um, bring over uh, was a few um, uh, was it just plain girls to kind of yeah, basically plain girls. yeah some, some somebody to like kind of make everybody else look more kick ass like what like what they, that 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 hurtful thing like the pig party idea right like the yeah yeah which I mean whatever I, I, I actually that's funny that you you phrase it that way too because I watched the episode of Married with Children where they <laughs> the they, Mensa, they referenced the yeah, pig party yeah the Mensa episode where, where Kelly gets blinded to the genius party and like Bud's yep. like no 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 it's a pig party like <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so that's fun yeah it's funny that you phrase it that way so i, I guess that would be the best way to kind of you know frame this is that she was the girl that like not really not popular really nothing go good going for her no real connections to anybody i mean even as you see her sit next to another dude that's sitting on the couch dude looks over he's like oh, i'm out of here and he he's like gets up. look at this perfectly normal girl that like you know like it isn't like I don't know. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like she was like the female version of Pigpen walking in. You know, it wasn't yeah, like it's yeah, just. You it's, know, it's, just like, it's funny because like they, <laughs> the way that they're like kind of explaining this all, it's like that she's a chud. Yeah, that they had invited to the party. It's like, oh no, look out for chud. No, it's, it's like, like it's like when Drax uh, sees Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and he's like, oh, you're so disgusting. I'm throwing up right now. It's like, no, there's nothing. Like, what is wrong? Yeah, she's yeah. like, honestly, in my opinion, Teresa is the most attractive yeah. in the entire party. Yeah, so, but, um, but she's a high school girl, so we're not going to talk about it like I that. Know. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's whatever. I attractive. I, <laughs> yeah, no, so uh, Terry's like, you know, if I could go back to high school in 48. No, uh, so. Um, <laughs> in 1948, yeah, you know, yeah. when I went to high school. <laughs> uh, so so that's when we get Gina Gershon playing the part of Laura. She just turns and looks at, um, you know, Binky, and she's like, Laura has to go to the little girl's room. I'm like, I was like, yuck. Like, why would you, Jesus Christ, like, what is wrong with this episode? Right? Anyway. Yeah. 
there's something really skeezy about that too. It's like cause you, yeah. he is in her body, and it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. So, so then we get, um, you know, Binky going up to talk to Teresa, and we learn that she's a singer because he remembers that, and um, he's about to talk to her further. But uh, Jock McGee forces him to get up and play the piano. I like it. It's like, hey, nerd, play some show tunes. <laughs> Somehow I don't feel like that would ever happen. But. <laughs> it's like, hey, like, you go to the piano, right? You nerd. Play, yeah, play, play show play tunes. Some sounds of music. Yeah. Huh? How about that? <laughs> play Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, whatever. And so the thing is, like, everybody gets around the piano and it's like, and everybody's excited. And uh, it seems like most people know the song he's playing. So I'm just like, what kind of world are we living in? I mean, whatever. I mean, they might all be theater kids. I doubt it. But. Yeah. Anyway, so that was weird. But as he starts playing it, um, what was it? Mary Ellen was about to start singing. And then Teresa, you know, the one that the playing girl comes in and starts belting out singing and her voice is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, some song called how about you that he's playing on a piano. And even one of the, the other guests, um, you know, they say, Oh, he's been practicing. Like, because yeah. he's obviously way better than he was than he was in high school, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's true. It's like, um, yeah, so the, the fact that he's like, oh, he's like, I'm just going to just, you know, just blow the doors off this place, which, you know, he could have pulled, he should have pulled the Back to the Future thing and been like, hey, guys, you ready for this? And just go, I don't know what he'd get into. <laughs> like, yeah, he just start, moves into Chuck Berry. He, just, he, start, he starts playing, like, Bat Out of Hell, like, just, just starts getting into that, like, whatever. Yeah. Oh, we're doing <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you're not going to like it. And maybe your children aren't going to like it, but somebody will anyway. So yeah, Jerry Lee Lewis would probably be the best comp at that. Oh, point yeah, that's, that's you true. Know, for piano. Yeah. It just uh, sets the shit on fire. And <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah. See, this episode could have went so many better ways. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, then, right. uh, so then what was it? Um, and after that, uh, she's, uh, what was it? She's like, I gotta go. Oh, we, oh, we also learned. Sorry. I gotta go back a second before, um, before Laura went to the tinkle room, she reminds um, uh, Binky that this is Teresa's last night because she ends up getting depressed and because um, nobody at the party talked to her, which is what prompted him to go to talk to her. And she felt so alone and alienated that she stepped in front of a bus. Right. So then, uh, you know, or the car from Joyride. We don't know. So anyway. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's interesting, though, that it's 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 all being like connected that way now, because you know, Binky is not the coolest dude there. And he just happens to have connections in that. Like, wasn't there something he, he did something for somebody and now he just happens to be connected to the group. Was it like he helped somebody with their tests or something? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I, just, can't, I, I can't recall what, yeah. like, like he's connected now because of a simple action. They're like, yeah, he's just the dude that maybe we can get drunk every so often. Well, that, and also like, I feel like you've been like, you know, in those social circles where just because you're not, part of certain clicks doesn't mean that you don't know somebody from another, like, you know, like, like, um, you know, until like I me mean, high school, like high school's hell for everybody, like whatever, let's be honest. Um, it, but there was like, you know, I was that weirdo that was on the chess team and, and all the stuff, but it doesn't mean that I couldn't, like, I didn't have friends like on the football team, you know, like it just is what it is. Right. Or like, you know, you have friends in the band. It's like, yeah, there's those different clicks, but if you went to a party, it doesn't mean that you're there to be best friends with everybody, but you know, a couple people, right. There was that kind of, like that, I, I get that. So I didn't really question that part of it. So at least it seems like Blaustein uh, was like at least adjusted enough to be able to be at a party. Whether you know, like so versus Teresa, whatever. Anyway, 
So she's like, I got a bus to catch. I'm like, I like that line because it means two things. So I thought that was funny. Um, and then, so she gets ready to leave. Um, and then what was it? Um, what was it? He goes out to her and be like, no, 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 you're amazing. You know? And, um, and starts talking about like, you know, basically you have all this talent, you, you know, you should let the world know. And there's a weird thing about like, um, she's like, this is the first time you've talked to me. And like the first time you ever noticed me because I can sing. And he was, and she's like, some, I forget the, what it was worded to, but like, oh, because of this one thing now I'm worth it. And he was like, yeah. And he's like to her about like, if you keep your best part to yourself, then why should anyone notice you? That feels backwards to me. That is, yeah, it's, it's like a, a weird, like, um, backhanded compliment of some sort. And it's like, I mean, people shouldn't have to be like, I want people to like, a, like me. So I'm going to just, you know, give out this hidden talent of mine. It's like, and in hope that everybody will like me, you know, it's, uh, you know, I don't, I've never sat there for one second in my life and be like, well, I play guitar. I guess I'm going to play guitar just so people will like me. It's never been that way. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's been those times we've been on the beach and you're like, oh, what happened? You just bring out the acoustic guitar. You're like, hey, yeah, what's I, going I on? I do it on doors or I do it on uh, steps when I'm at parties yeah, and I have it smashed <laughs> above my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like, but the thing is you only play like a couple notes. And you're like, you know, that reminds me. And like, you never get through a song, right? Like you just want to tell stories and just anyway. Um, but yeah, I just feel like if there's people that I'm like, you know what? You're not really a conversationalist, but if you start juggling right now, we're going to be best friends. You know, like what? Yeah, I just like, do, the, know, do, do the thing. Do, do the, the thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're good at singing. I, I don't care. That's your personality trait. Cool. You know? Um, anyway, but I, I get the point of it, but it's like, whew, that's, that's weird. Uh, so then he's like, he promised me that you'll see me tomorrow and we'll, you know, we'll work through this and whatever. She's like, okay. Right. And then, um, so then he goes back inside, uh, Mary Ellen's in, in a room. That's like, I don't well, know. He, did, did you, you didn't happen to say that that the prince has now embodied a different person. Oh, Bob. Yeah. It was Bob. He comes over. He's like, yeah, he's like, uh, He's like, hey, we need, you know, like, uh, look at that. He's like, also, like, you know, I hate to say, because like, I got a lot of things going on right now, so I'll leave you be for a moment. But it basically, he's like, you, you know, your opportunity for why you're here is, you know, disappearing. Basically, like, right yeah, now. your window is closing right now. Yeah. So then we get uh, Binky going up to this bedroom, where Jesus Christ, uh, he like, we get Mary Ellen. Um, you basically trying to get like, you know, well, she's trying not to get raped by her boyfriend. Um. And and also future husband, by the way. Like, did you catch that? Yeah, and yeah. there's a there's a, a bit of a joke here too. Yeah, joke. Yeah. So then, um, so then he uh, there, there's the whole thing where he's like, yeah, go ahead and scram or whatever. He calls him. I don't know. Anyway, so the guy's like, and it bounces. Make like a tree. Yeah, get out, out of here, right? You know. And um, so, it, which this guy who is like, you know, I don't know, has six inches on Binky would probably just turn around and kill him, you know. But guy storms out. Uh, was it Mary Ellen calls him was a sex fiend or whatever, which, you know, um, sure. Yeah. He's like, I'm leaving and I'm never coming back. And then that's when, um, Binky's like, like, nah, not really. You're coming back. But then he sits down on the bed with her and she's like, well, thanks. And then like, what was it? Um, he, you find out that she stuffed her bra and like, did he, did I remember, did he reach in to grab one of them or did she just reach in to grab one? They were just happy. I think like, and one of them, I mean, balled up socks, not, yeah. Anyway, sorry for anybody's not, yeah. I, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, ogre like reached in and grabbed one and pulled it out. He was trying to cop a, you know, cop a feel. And then like, that's while like 
Binky sits down. He's like, "Oh, what's this?" And she's just like keeps on pulling him out, like yeah. it's a you know a clown trick. <laughs> it's um, like never under <laughs> like it's a scarf that just keeps going. No, um. So then and she pulls off her wig, and it's like, "Oh my oh, god!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's Where the devil the entire time right now. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So then they talk for a minute. And she's like, you're my bestest friend or whatever. And then like, he kisses her on the cheek and then like, like leaves. And it's just like, okay, sure. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Blaustein for, you know, not being so weird, but still pretty weird. And then he walks outside and like that exchange took like what, like five minutes. Yeah, um, but it also didn't appear that she was just like, you know, now you have the keys to the kingdom. It yeah. didn't feel like that at no, all. He, just like, yeah, it's like she was already friend zoning him anyway. And he's just like, you know what? I'm at peace now. Like, well, good for you. Cause you should have been, yeah, whatever. So then he goes outside, not even a few minutes later. And Teresa's ripped, you know, like I was like, what is going on here? Like I, I, we don't see the bottle of mad dog fall out of her hands, but <laughs> right. I mean, she's been slowly working on it. I, you didn't know, but if she wouldn't have that liquid courage, she wouldn't have gotten up to the the piano and sang. Yeah, yeah. we're like we're gonna find out. It's like it wasn't depression that killed her. She was drunk and fell in front of a bus. Oh, all those Shirley Temples. Yeah, uh, what? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, all those all those marijuanas got to me. No, so uh, so then um, you know she's like, yeah, you know, I'm like I'm gonna like you know I missed the one bus, but my friend told me you know whatever. It's just this whole thing where it's like she's gonna be okay. And she's like, you know, like, um, like, you know, tomorrow. Right. And then he's like, I'll find you. Believe me. I'll find you. Creepy, 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 creepy. Um, so that's, you know, that's, she, get, she gets invited back into the party. So yeah. It's like, it's already working out for Teresa. Like, you know, it's people are, you know, already seeing that maybe she's not a geek. Maybe she has some merit outside of just singing. You know, it's like, I, I, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I just loved it. Like the idea is it's like, now it's like, she's a free person. She can live the life that she's always wanted. Yeah. She's a cool kid. Now it's, it's like very much like a John Hughes film. Like it's like almost <laughs> as if someone been like, like what, what, what if she was outside and drunk and then she broke her glasses and comes in without her glasses on her. Everyone's like, oh, you're so beautiful. You know, like whatever. Just so anyway, so we go back forward to the present and uh, we find out that um, after this, that what occurred was that um, Bluestone and Teresa ended up having, um, she went off to be a very successful singer and they ended up like working together and, you know, like, like the world was better in terms of like uh, enrichment wise, having Teresa Golowitz around. And so yeah, dogs yeah. and cats are getting along together. It's a, yeah. it's a great harmonized thing now. Yes. So thank God Teresa's in the world to make music. Yes. Uh, so then, uh, um, Bluestone believes that, uh, the Prince of Darkness set him up, uh, to be able to have her around and make music because, because th- that's the other thing too. That's kind of interesting is that the Prince of Darkness here, he was like, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm a aficionado. I'm a collector. I appreciate. He's like, basically he was saying he knew that she left, um, this world too early and that what she could contribute like artistically had merit. So even though there was no strings, he kind of like, he already knew what uh bluestone wanted and was like, well, if I can just provide him the nudge, then I can like have what I want to, which is a, you know, that there you go. There's your little, uh, <laughs> whatever. Right. And so because of that, um, uh, upstairs, uh, was the top side is upset that, um, they shuffled around eternity a little bit and, um, they've upset the timeline. So because of that, 
um, Bluestone has to lay low for a while, so that way, um, you know, the God will calm down eventually. And so then we end up knowing that Bluestone's going to have to hide out in, um, in hell for a while. But, you know, off in the corner somewhere. I'm like, sure, right? Do you trust the devil at this point? To be like, it's only going to be a couple years. I don't trust him at this point. I didn't trust him I to begin with. I don't either, but I I also think that he's he's pretty sinister in his own way, too. It's like, why does Teresa get to live? Because she created music that he likes. And it's like, but it's like I love to like know that like the devil is like, all the other people that maybe had something going for them, it wasn't good enough unless they made music. So it's like, they could still die, you know, but yet like the Dave Matthews band all still these exists, you know, in the world that could have affected somebody's life. Yeah. He's just like, nah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't make an album. I bought. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, so then, um, there's something here talking about how, like, uh, uh, that there's that, that dark corner where there's a lot of other former performers that are looking to do other things. And there's a line that, um, oh, the, the prince says like, he's like, Oh yeah. Wilkes Booth uh, keeps saying how he'd like to do a musical. I'm like, Oh, you mean the man that murdered Abraham Lincoln? That's funny. Like, I think it was during a musical too that they, no, were- yeah, it was a play. It was at the end of a play. Right. Cause there's, there's I that thought it was a musical, but yeah, yeah but no, either that, way, like, um, that was the whole joke. It was like, um, you know, aside from all that, Mr. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? I think is the joke, right? Like, so, uh, so then after that, they're like, well, we're, we're just going to, we're going to like leave eternity or we're going to leave reality. And this, the stupidest goddamn shot I've, I've seen in a long time of them just walking off into the, off into the distance, but they're like on, like they're walking above ground and like, it's, um, I don't know. It's almost as dumb as that ending to what was the name of the town uh, that we that was last season, the 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 uh, western town. Oh, that, dude, I, I yeah. can't. I, I, car- we were just trying to recently discuss that one yeah. again during some segment. Yeah, where the car um, just drove off into the sky. It, it's the same goddamn stupid thing. This one just just annoyed me. So uh, yeah, it was like the t- the town that uh, death forgot. You know, yeah, or overlooked scenario. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So. So yeah, there's your story. Um, yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah, there we go. You said we, we didn't need to do deepest dives. I think we actually talked about it more than I had any right thinking we were going to talk about it. Um, so there you go, Terry. So what did you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I was just t- hoping that at some point the the TVA would have busted in and made this more interesting. Um, yes. But we didn't get that. But you know, it's like. There's a, there is some interesting things going on in here, um, and and the reason I wanted to bring up the the having the heavenly kid is that there is a very kind of similar uh, plot line where in the fact that um, a, a, somebody from the other side is brought down to influence somebody's life so that they don't perish, um, and there's a there's reasons for that but it's like a very similar storyline so i don't i don't know if that was like you know the influence for this story to be written in the first place and they just tweaked it a little bit yeah i don't know uh welcome to winfield was the segment that we're talking about it's from um yeah from the first season uh so uh it just it it does it it feels it it doesn't feel too far a field of like um uh it was a mr beavis from the original series or 
uh, or you know, even uh, even in a kind of a dumb way, ye gods from the first season of the '80s iteration, yeah. like a little yeah, bit of very that. much so because of the devil play thing. Yeah, and with this one, like even CBS is like, can we can we lay off the devil for a bit because it seems like that like the devil was showing up everywhere, and so they originally were going to rewrite it to have it be um, the archangel Gabriel um, come down, uh, but the, like whatever, it just didn't go that way. Which just, either way, I don't really care. But um, but yeah, that whole like. Um, and then what was it? The what was the other one from the original series? The one with Carol Barnett that um, the, I just despised that episode, but it had a guardian angel in that too. So yeah, it's like it's um, it, it's this isn't an un un um, done. It, it, this has been visited before, and then also going back in the past and trying to change things. Yeah, get that too. Uh, it's just this one. Just the driving force of. Bluestone being like, my biggest regret is that I didn't get to, to to tap that when I was in high school is just weird to me. Like, I don't. It's just it just feels gross and icky to me. And yeah, it's, of, yeah. it's very very strange that that's like the, the taking off point for the, you know his motivation and stuff. And it's like I don't know. Like if I was staring at the possibility to go anywhere and check anything out and do anything and actually be like aware of what i'm doing it's not just like walking through the same scenarios that you did when you were a kid it's actually being able to interact with that time it's like that's a really cool idea yeah but oh well it'd be like again you'll you piss off the tva so don't do that yeah they'd be like paul you can go through all the space of time where do you want to be the mcrib no paul where'd you want to go on all space the mcrib i want to when it's back that's one shots yeah 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 I want to be first in line for the test one. Yes, that's it. You know, um, so whatever. I just, just the it, this was trying to walk the line between like, oh, it's witty and funny with some of the dialogue, and it was also trying to be like heartfelt. But I just none of this connected for me, and it just annoyed me. It annoyed me. It annoyed me so much. Um, so that's just, and I know that our, I know I know that our goal here isn't to like just like be like hate watching and, you know, kicking the shit out of things. But, oh, my goodness. Like, the first time I watched this, I was like, you're kidding me. And then, you know, watching a second time for notes, then having to watch it with the commentary. I kind of really despise this episode <laughs> in a lot of ways. So, um, anyway. so I am a, I am a bit more forgiving, but, yeah, okay, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I would say that um, some, things, some of the things that we've watched recently are far worse than this. And, you know, for, for some of the movies, that, especially 80s films that I enjoy, that I can, like, kind of connect this to and, like, how it, like, it feels so much like some of them, I am I will be on the, I guess, like, the brighter side of this. That it's not, it's not terrible. It's totally watchable. But I think Bluestone is an idiot. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, and so then also, Brenner mentioned during the commentary that this was actually originally shot to be a full 30 minutes back whenever CBS and intended to have these as like an hour long block with episodes. Right. And then, then they're like, no, 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 we're cutting them down to 30. So they had to cut this, this down to 24 minutes. Um, and then they're like, okay, fine, we'll do that. And then after that, CBS is like, okay, fine. Well, we're now, we're just going to air an hour of Twilight Zone, but two, two 24 minute shows. And so Bernard's like, we went through the trouble of making 30 minutes, cutting it down to 24. And then it was like still aired for 30 minutes. You know, he's like, so he's like all the cuts we made were like for no reason. Fair. Like, so they got screwed around a lot by this. I watched the two deleted scenes. They added absolutely nothing. 
So oh, they did have the the latest yeah. scenes in there. It oh, just the, there's one additional like bit with Teresa singing, and it's actually the whole thing we end up finding out. Like uh, it, it makes a little bit more sense about why she's outside drinking there, um, but. It doesn't, it, you know, it's one of those things that like you watch, you're like, okay. And then also too, there's an earlier bit too, whenever they see, whenever Bluestone gets up and sees that he's dead, um, he basically asks the prince, he's like, can we like not have me there dead? Cause it's a little awkward. He's like, yeah, we'll make sure it looks like you died uh, in your bed upstairs. Okay. Changing the placement of his yeah. body. And it's wow. Like, it's okay. like, it's like, no, we're going to, we're still going to have it where you shit yourself, but it's going to be in your bed, not here on the floor. It's like, okay, I can, you know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> right. Like that's Persian rug right there, man. Come on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So whatever. Um, so anyway, anything else about, uh, time with Teresa Golowitz, uh, before we get, uh, get out of here? No, I think we've pretty much discussed everything. All right. So instead of a twist rating, I'm going to do for the next four for the gauntlet, we're going to do a, um, sigh, and frustrated rating. So I'm going to do this one more time. <laughs> one through five, <laughs> one meaning, you know, you weren't really annoyed and five being like very annoyed or like, or I'd even like, you know, like yawn as in like, just please get this over with. Like we're and like, somehow I feel like we've already showed our hands. So <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give this a four. Is it the worst thing I've seen? No, but it just really, it really chewed on me. Cause I think some, there's something about this iteration of, saccharine sweet storytelling that they try because even remember back in season one there was the one um oh where the young lady kept seeing um the kid from salute your shorts and it was like you know the 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 the, the ghost kid that could be oh, yeah. hers if she chose to like become a mother right i something about this the way this stuff's handled i'm not a big fan of and maybe it's just kind of an affect of the way television was written then i still think it some of the stuff was handled better in the sixties. And I'm not trying to be like, it was better back then. I don't know. I just think it was, it worked better for me then when they would do some of this stuff than it does here. So this one really annoyed me. Yeah. I guess I'm going to have to give it a two cause I'm more of at the sigh part of this okay. than the scream my head off. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, there are, you know, there are a couple of things that just, it's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, I, just no, just like rewrite that just a, a little bit, you know? But yeah. you know, otherwise, it's 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 yeah, it's not something I'm going to revisit. Um, it's it's just fine, just being there as an episode. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You came out. You came out of the first leg of the gauntlet and much more intact than I expected. So credit to you. Uh, so yeah, let's go to our discussion about time and Teresa Golowitz. Um, you guys can find us on uh, Strange Highways on Facebook. Um, email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast.gmail.com. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, um, rate and review us. If you give us one star because you loved Time and Teresa Golowitz, I, I understand. I don't agree, but I understand. I, I will respect, but not understand. But if you just enjoy the conversation, let people know. Because uh, the algorithm's out there and it's hard to get people on people's um, like on their radars. So if you enjoy the show, let people know. We appreciate it. And Terry, where can people find us otherwise? Well, we are still on Instagram. Uh, not much activity lately. Uh, it's just been kind of a dredge uh, for us uh, for certain reasons. But yeah, we will get back back up and running and posting a lot more stuff. Uh, try to harken back to some of the things that we've covered more recently, so we can really get you guys a little bit more active on some of the prior episodes that we've done. But yeah, uh, Instagram is still a, a thing for us, and uh, we'd appreciate it if you give us a like and a follow. Yeah, and then also like we're like since we're fast approaching the end of this season, we are going to take a bit of um, a break for some detours before we get into season three. Yeah, so, yeah. Give it, give us some fuel. Yeah, it, it might be a little bit more of a lengthy detour because since 
uh, as of right now, season three is the last season of the Twilight Zone that we have access to. So, um, you know, whatever it, you know, change is good, but it'd be nice to maybe wait on that for a minute. So all their suggestions would be appreciated. Yeah, we got, we got some things, uh, stoking in the fire right now, but uh, I think there's a lot more that maybe some of our listeners would like to hear us discuss. And, uh, we are, your operators are standing by. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, all right, let's just talk about what we're getting to next. And now Mr. Serling. All right. Next episode, uh, voices in the earth. Um, it is season two, episode 13. It has, um, our friend Marty Balsam in it, um, that you, you and I have talked about, uh, previously in uh, season four, of the original series, the new exhibit, which we liked that episode a great deal, it was actually one of the standouts of season four. Um, and then also he was in what was it? One of the early episodes of, the, of season one, the sixteen millimeter shrine, which I that's an amazing episode as well. And then he was also in Personal Demons in season one of this series that Terry hated. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, Terry, welcome to part two of the Gauntlet. Uh, I'll just put, I'll just say that uh, voices in the earth. Whew, yeah. Um, I fought, I fought, uh, my opponent, I have taken him down and I am moving to the next stage. Yeah. Um, good luck with this one. Uh, but let's just put it this way. It's, it, it's like, it's like a tractor pull, right? It's like, um, it, you know, to, to use a monster truck reference, like, you're like, Oh, this is easy going. And it's only going to get this. The sledding is going to get tougher from here. So yeah. Congratulations, Terry. You survived Teresa. Sorry. Time and Teresa Golowitz. Let's see how you fare with voices in the earth. So, um, that's going to do it for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Uh, have a safe week. Um, don't be a goddamn weirdo. You know, like that's what I'll say. Like, uh, you know, high school is high school. You know, be, be an adult. Don't be a weirdo going back in time to go sleep with underage people. Don't do that. And don't rely on your talents to make people like you. Just go home. You're just a sex fiend.